The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and dry if you're in the Auburn Opelika area because, man, all of a sudden a storm came out of nowhere and it was a downpour outside uh, for about 45 minutes or so, at least over here at the Auburn Network and ESPN studio. Uh, hopefully you're all staying safe and dry. It was it was nasty there for a minute. And so uh, it seems to have passed now and cross our fingers that it has. Still a little thunder in the distance, but it's definitely not raining here like it was a few minutes ago. So I uh, hope you're all doing well on this Friday afternoon. The weekend is almost here. Hang on. You got just a few more hours and uh, then you can go and relax, celebrate with the weekend. Friday, August 11th, 2023. Folks, we're 22 days away from the start of Auburn football. Three weeks from tomorrow, we will be watching Auburn take on UMass inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium. And what happens tomorrow inside of Jordan-Hare Stadium is Auburn's fall scrimmage, the first one of the fall camp period. So uh, excited to uh, see what happens there, get some notes, get some visual. Uh, We'll talk about what we're looking for in that today on the show, and then on Monday, of course, we'll recap it. Uh, But I said yesterday right before the show that I have an announcement to make, and I do. Uh, We have an announcement to make in hour number two about a – a little change in the uh, schedule for Friday afternoon, so be sure you stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that at 3 o'clock uh, at the top of hour number two. But to start off the show today, I uh, haven't had a chance to talk about the Atlanta Braves a whole lot. We've been talking a lot of college football, but don't forget about the Braves. They're coming out of a rocky series against the Pirates. They now have to take on the New York Mets. We know the rivalry there. Uh, Atlanta trying to get back on track a little bit, and so I want to give you a chance to get caught up on the Atlanta Braves and what's going on as the Bravos taking a trip to New York City to take on their rival New York Mets. And who better to do that than the Braves Today podcast? This is actually Ben Taylor and Daryl Dapperts joined him. He's a huge Pittsburgh Pirates fan. And so they recap that series and preview the Mets a little bit. So uh, we'll start with that today. The uh, Brave Today podcast got two segments of that getting you caught up on everything you need to know when it comes to Major League Baseball and the Atlanta Braves. Braves. Then we'll talk about Auburn fall camp, fall practice, what's coming up tomorrow, and hour number two is going to be a lot of fun as well. So this is the Braves Today podcast, bravestoday.com. Ben Taylor, normally Lindsey Crosby, but he's joined by Daryl Dapperts this time. We usually have him on Double D Mondays on News Talk WANI every Monday morning, recapping all things Auburn. However, he is a Pirates fan. So it's Daryl Dapperts that joins me on Braves Today, Braves Today podcast, bravestoday.com is where you can find all the written work. Let's jump into it with Braves versus Pirates. Saw great things out of both teams, in my opinion, as far as the plate was concerned. Also saw horrific things out of both teams as far as the mound was concerned. Uh, For a Braves fan, 
you need to be concerned with the starting pitching. Uh, they gave up way too many runs to the Pirates, especially when this was the meat of your team. Uh, you know, Freed, you kind of expect, even though he gave up some runs, you still expect him not to do great the first few times out. He had a great start. He, he was well above what he should have done his last time out. And so he's probably more realistic as far as what we saw this time out. Uh, but the other guys, when you start talking, you know, about Bryce Elder, this is, this is his second game in a row where he hasn't done great. He hasn't really pitched well at all after the all-star break. Does he need rest? Does he need a reset? I don't know what needs to happen. So, uh, Daryl, as far as you Pirates fan, you got to be pretty excited about it. You're talking about a club that is is more towards the bottom of the division than, than the top like the Braves are. So, uh, they really – it's not like they were playing to have a playoff spot as far as, no. they, or as far as this week was concerned. No, they've won 11 of their last 20. And I'll just say this, you know, early on in the year, the Pirates were like overachieving. They were in first place through May, early June. People were getting really excited. And then they faltered in June and July. They really struggled and um, sold at the, at the deadline, did not buy, and picked up some players that actually helped the Pirates in this series. Some pitching that did. Rivas, the first baseman, really kind of helped. But I think going into this series, any Pirate fan that was level-headed, and this is how far this once-proud franchise has fallen, the split feels like a freaking sweep. And that's sad. I mean, I'm tired of the whole, you know, participation, stay strong, moral victory. You know, I was even reading some stuff yesterday when the Pirates basically had have dropped two or three in the series. Some local beat writers talking about how what a great series it was and the young guys were playing well and look at all the runs they're scoring. You know, it's frustrating for somebody that's been a fan as long as I have. This isn't upwards basketball. You don't get it's 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 not about being moral victories. They blew a game that I was very frustrated with their all-star closer, who we've nicknamed Six Flags because every time he takes them out, it's like a thrill ride now. He shouldn't be doing that. He's an all-star caliber closer. A lot of people came after him at the deadline. Close games. Blew a six-run lead in game one. Even though they won it, still the Braves came back. So all in all, looking at the totality of this series, you have got to be thrilled if you're a Pirate fan to get out of there with the split because I had talked to a good friend of mine who's a big Braves guy, former college baseball player, and I said, look, if the Pirates can get one of these four against the best team in baseball playing these young kids, I think you come away um, a little bit satisfied. And then the way they played, they, they did play close. This was a, a slugging series. It was old school. It reminded me of 70s baseball, you know, high scoring, a lot of hits. Nothing like we've seen with the Braves in the 90s and their pitching staff. So the bats came alive, which surprises me. And I think you make a great point coming out of this in your intro. Is that something that Pirate fans should be excited about, that the young guys are starting to hit? Or is that more of an indictment upon Braves pitching that the bats came alive? So all in all, you take it. You get the split. Again, 11 of their last 20. This is a series and this is a, a history between these two teams that Pirate fans know a lot of heartbreak, even in the regular season when they play the Braves. So I think you're happy if you're a Pirate fan. You're, you're not panicking or you're not concerned if you're a Braves fan. You just want to get some things cleaned up as you start to go down the stretch, the dog days, and get into the postseason. 
Yeah, and starting with game one, Acuna, he was 0 for 5. That always is, is huge. I mean, he sets the tone for the Braves offense. I don't care what people say. Uh, when he has a, a, a two-hit game, even if he starts out the game with a single, much less even a home run like he did later in the series, uh, he just, for some reason, sets the pace for the entire offense when he does that. So when he goes 0 for 5, so goes the rest of the offense. And then it did help Strider out there. He struggles again and uh, over the span of just uh, – it's just this one inning. He can't get this one inning out of his system. So he only lasts two and two-thirds. He gave up six earned runs and only three strikeouts. That's the lowest strikeout total all season long. And his ERA just during the game jumped from 3.61 to 3.94. And speaking of his ERA, over the last five starts, he's he's jumped just over five starts. It's, it's a 5.86. So... I'm not sure if it's rest. I'm not sure if it's mechanics. I'm not sure if it's timing. Uh, of course, the Bucks take it 7-6 and, and uh, three straight losses for the Braves. So as a Braves fan, I will say getting the next two games was absolutely huge for Braves fan as, as well as the morale for the, for the locker room and for the dugout and for the clubhouse. And I say that just because coming off getting beat by the Cubs – you know, you're in the middle of a 10-game road series. It's going to continue going to New York for the weekend, and then you lose that first game to the Pirates, who you just said it. Let's just call it what it is. They're not in the best shape right now as far as you – know, that's the team. Coming off losses, that's what you were – you should have been licking your chops. We're going to Pittsburgh. They're not doing great. They have won out of the last 20. As you said, now it's 11 out of 20. But at the time, it wasn't 11 out of 20. And, uh, and so – um, you got to be thinking, all right, Braves, and you got Strider coming. You got Elder that's going to be going to the mound. You got Free that's going to be going to the mound. So Braves fans have got to be sitting there going, all right, this is a chance. As you just said, if you could get one or four, the Braves, Braves fan, we were talking, we need three or four. That's yeah. that, we, it. Was the same mindset with us. And and could we get lucky and grab a sweep? It's tough to sweep a four game series uh, with anybody, even if you're playing the last place team in the in in the uh, in the league. But um, it, that that game one, it looked pitiful, and kind of thought that the Braves were on their last, you know, their last breath. And it had to be uplifting, like you said, in game one for the Pirates to pull away and grab that win at the end. Yeah, I think a couple different games within the games. First of all, when you're a Pirate fan and the Pirate coaching staff, and you look at this four-game series right out of the gate, you say you see Strider going in game one, and you're like, well, I mean, I hate to say it, they're realists. I mean, baseball people are realists, and they know. And it's like, well, you know, Strider's tough. You drop that one, you got to get into games two and three. So when the Pirates got that one out of the way, it was almost like they were playing with house money at that point. Mm -hmm. You don't expect to beat Strider game one. You just don't. But here's what I saw. When the Pirates went up 6 nothing, and the Braves came back to make it a close mm -hmm. game, even though the Pirates won it, I, I was talking to some family members in Pittsburgh and said, get ready, the Braves are going to win the next two. That comeback, although they did not win that game, I think springboarded them getting momentum rolling, bats rolling, confidence, and you saw it just carry over to games two and three. And even though they blew a, a, a four-run lead in one of those games, which was so weird how many back-and-forth you know, lead changes there was, I think you saw that springboard them. And if you're a Pirate fan, you're like, oh, we, we wanted to get one at least in this series, and we get it beating Strider. Everything else, and especially today, coming back from 4 nothing was just bonus money. I mean, I, I think that and, and it's there's part of that's a, an indictment about where this Pittsburgh Pirate, you know, team is and where this 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 whole system. Uh, they got a lot of young kids, but you you would hope that when you walk out of a series and you split at home, 
they're not acting like they won the World Series. And I hope that they're toning that down a little bit because it's a split hmm. and it's at home. Now, it is against the best team at baseball. Right. But you've got, I mean, you, you, I know you got to temper expectations. But again, I just think Pirate fans are frustrated with the expectation, the bar that's been set, that kind of thing. At some point, you've got to start emulating and following what the Braves did three or four years ago when they blew it up and then you saw marked improvement mm-hmm. and an upward trajectory every year playing the kids and that kind of thing. So I hope the Pirates use this as a, a launching pad or a, a base point and go, okay, we can be good, but let's try to – I mean, there's no reason why they can't play good baseball through August and September and try to at least, you know, have a winning record. So I look yeah. at it. They're, they're only nine games under 500. Get rolling. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is that now you got to find a different, you got to set your goals differently than what you did before. Is because, you know, not talking playoffs, but maybe a winning record. We're talking about, I was talking about Acuna in game one being 0 for 5. Well, welcome to the show in game two as he leads off with a home run, a 448 foot bomb uh, to put the Braves up 1 to nothing. Now he's at 26 and uh, 53 stolen bases. That went to 55 after today. He was able to get a couple of more late in the game uh, after uh, only having a hit on pace right now, 38 home runs and 77 stolen basis uh that 77 probably that pace is probably higher now since he got two today uh exited the game though got hit in the pad of his elbow you know i said this to some of my buddies that i was texting saying notes i don't know if he's just fragile or he's being over he's overcompensating when he gets hit or when he lands wrong because he's had so many injuries leading up to this year that it freaked him out when he got hit because even though it got hit because the, they showed it over and over in slow motion and it it looked like the pad took the brunt of it and i couldn't think that it hurt that bad but they actually gave him x-rays so i don't know if it's over precaution i understand he's your all-star i understand that he's the face of the franchise right now however at some point in time some of these little he's been yanked out of the game a couple of times this year on plays that just didn't look like they should yank him out of the game so yeah, I, it looks I, like load management to me, which is really strange. I mean, mm-hmm. to use an NBA term, I think they want him so healthy and so revving and raring to go for the playoffs that they're just not taking any chances because of how elite he is. I, the pitch that Holderman threw, and Holderman throws very hard. He yeah. throws a heavy sinker. It, it's one of those balls that, you know, when it hits you, it hurts because it's it's got a lot of sink to it, but it's heavy. It's heavy when you hit it. It's heavy when you hit it into the ground. That pitch wasn't even close, though, as far as if it got away from him. I mean, it was not even in the inside corner. Okuna didn't lunge or, you know, dive into the baseball. So, I don't know. I, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I will tell you this. The ball he hit out of PNC Park, it's not a hitter-friendly friendly park. It, it's just not. It, it, to right field it is. If you, you know, the Clemente wall, if you're a left-hander, but if you're a right-hander where the rotunda is and all that and that notch, they call it the north side notch in left center, you've got to, especially when it gets humid in the summer, you got to really drive the baseball. And to hit that thing about 450, just amazing. I mean, that yeah. was – that was yeah, an it, absolute bomb. 
it got out of there in a hurry. I mean, everybody knew it when it left the bat. I mean, and, and to start the game, starts the fireworks. Pitching also a problem. Um, Torinos went five innings, seven hits, six runs, all earned. Again, another outing by a Braves pitcher with six earned runs or more. Uh, Olsen, some bright spots, did get his 100th RBI. So uh, that tied a franchise record in doing it, doing so in, in 11 games. Forrest Wall finally got to play. It was because of Ronnie's injury that it was able to do that. And uh, they just kind of went back and forth. And then Pilar, his postgame interview said, everything is he admitted I don't know if this was a shot at the clubhouse or a shot at the coaching staff but he admitted he he would like more consistency he was able to get that uh that winning hit in the top of the ninth uh that, that allowed the Braves to after they had the lead and then it gave up the lead and then was able to come back and uh it, it if they I'm wondering what you said if the Braves had not come back and put six on the board in game one would they have even had the wherewithal to think when it got to the eighth and ninth inning, hey, we still got a chance to make a push here, especially with, I know you call him six flags, but that he clearly, amongst other teams, including the players, because Pilar said that too, one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't get that six runs in game one, do you come into game two down late against the all-star closer and have the confidence and belief to get it done against him? Now, again, baseball people are smart, and Bednar's been struggling. His last week and a half of the Pirates, he's blown two saves. And even the saves, like in Milwaukee, the last game of the series, it was it was, you know, roller coaster time. It was it was very it was very adventurous. So scouts know that when they analyze stuff, I don't know he, his stuff looks good. He's still throwing in the upper nineties. I don't know if it looks flat. But when you get a guy like Lopez Nick Lopez for the Braves that comes in and gets a big hit. And th that belief system is just going to carry over. And I, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, they're going to win the next three going away, and especially as we'll talk about later in game four when they get up 4 nothing. But, yeah, that, that I think propelled them to have the belief that even though Bednar is a all-star closer, we can get runs off of him, and they did. And that was, a, in my opinion, a really nice win for the Braves and tough to swallow for the Pirates when you're when you blow a lead like that late and again you're supposed to have your all-star closer on the mound. Daryl Daprich who joins me on Double D Mondays on News Talk WA and I however joins me on Braves Today and bravestoday.com. Find out more with Daryl and we'll talk more Pirates after this. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7. Wanted to have you uh, and give you the opportunity to listen to uh, a little bit of the Braves Today podcast. You can find the rest of that and all of their podcast and written work at bravestoday.com. Uh, it's our good friends Ben Taylor and Lindsey Crosby. Uh, Daryl Dappert, who joins us here on the show on Tuesday afternoons uh, and joins Ben on Monday mornings on Auburn Obelika this morning. He sat in with him uh, this week for Braves Today. So if you want to catch the rest of that, you can find it at bravestoday.com. I want to talk a little baseball for a second because as I mentioned, uh, it has been a while since we've talked some baseball on this program, and when you look around Major League Baseball right now, which, hey, by the way, want to let you know, uh, this weekend here on ESPN 106.7, if you're looking for uh, looking for something to listen to on Sunday night, we're just talking about the Braves, going to talk about them playing the Mets this weekend, Sunday night baseball, 
on ESPN 106.7 right here and ESPNAU.com. You can tune in. We've got the Braves this weekend, folks. Atlanta Braves, New York Mets wrapping up the series. You can find it here 5 o'clock Sunday night for Sunday Night Baseball here on ESPN 106.7. So be sure you tune in for that. You don't want to miss it. Uh, should be should be a, a fun series. Should be a good series. Uh, you look at the Atlanta Braves right now, 72 wins, 41 losses. Uh, they have uh, more wins than anybody else in baseball by one. And if you are a, I guess if you're a casual baseball fan, or even if you're a pretty good baseball fan and you haven't been paying full attention, you know who's in second place with the most wins in Major League Baseball? Behind the Atlanta Braves, who have 72. You know who has 71? The Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. How about that? They're a good team, man. Baltimore is a good team. And it's crazy because that franchise has been not so hot the last, what, 10 years, give or take? I mean, the Baltimore Orioles have not been a good baseball team and have not been a competitive baseball team in the American League East for a long, long time. We knew they were going to be solid this year. I didn't know they were going to be this good. 71-44, and 44, sitting atop of the American League East. They have a three-game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. That division continues to be one of the most competitive divisions in all of baseball because you have the Orioles on the top, 71-44, and 44, the Tampa Bay Rays at 69-48, and 48, the, Bru- the uh, Toronto Blue Jays are 65-52, and 52, seven games back of the Orioles. My Boston Red Sox, who are 60-55, and 55, who, by the way, as of about 10 minutes ago, have activated Chris Sale off of the 60-day IL, so he's back in the rotation for the Red Sox as they try to make a uh, playoff push there in that division for a wild card spot. And then you have the New York Yankees, who are not all that good, but they're still three games above 500. And so that division is ridiculously talented and ridiculously good. And they are still better than a lot of division leaders like the American League Central and like the they're competing with the National League Central as well. So it's a tough division. But when you look at the Braves in the National League East, 72 and 41, nine and a half game lead over the Philadelphia Phillies. 13 and a half game lead over the Miami Marlins. And then you find the New York Mets, who are 20 and a half games back of your Atlanta Braves at 52 and 62. The Mets, man, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And, and, and we use that word a lot, right? It's, it's a lot. And we use that where, oh, wow, that was just an unbelievable play or whatever. No, this is truly like hard to believe. The fact that the New York Mets paid the most money in all of baseball, has some of the biggest names the game has ever seen, and they're 10 games above 500 and can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. And what's good for the Braves is they have a a 9.5 game lead in what's been a pretty poor stretch for them. Hasn't been great. You look at what they've done over the last, we'll say, three weeks. They've been playing slightly above average baseball slightly above average baseball look at almost the last month all right from friday july 14th through the pittsburgh series where they split with the pirates and ended that yesterday on august 10th you have 
a four-game losing streak. You have back-to-back losses, a series loss to those Boston Red Sox I talked about in a two-game series. You have a three-game losing streak where you lost the series against the Chicago Cubs, and you just split with the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, as Daryl was talking about, isn't all that. There are 11 games under 500. And so, for the Braves, you've got to be feeling okay in your own division, but what you have to start worrying about is other teams around Major League Baseball. And as Ben was talking about in the first part of their podcast, the starting pitching has not been reliable for the Braves. And that's been something I worry about with them. If they can't figure it out and the offense goes cold in the postseason, the Braves are going to have an early exit. Look, the offense is the best thing in baseball. It is. They can score 10 runs at any, any day, any time, anywhere. But all it takes in the postseason is two or three games for those bats to go cold, and if the starting pitching for the Braves doesn't get better and doesn't become reliable, the Braves are going to be in trouble. And a historic season so far for Atlanta could go down the drain in a heartbeat if they don't get this thing figured out starting pitching-wise. you got to get healthy, got to get better, and got to get more reliable. The offense will be there, but the one time that it's not is when the Braves will get doomed. When we come back, Auburn has a false scrimmage, the first one tomorrow. We'll talk about what we're looking for. What are you looking for tomorrow? And what do you want to hear about in the false scrimmage tomorrow with Hugh Freeze and Auburn football? Give me a call, 334-321-1390. And reminder, big announcement coming up in hour number two. You don't want to miss that. That'll be at 3 o'clock, so be sure you are tuned in for that. But we'll talk Auburn football in the false scrimmage that comes tomorrow when we come back. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Holy smokes, folks. I was sitting here during the break, and the biggest crack of thunder and lightning I think I've ever seen in my life just happened outside. And if I was on the air, I may have said something I wasn't allowed to. So I'm glad we were in a break. If you're out and about today in Auburn Opelika, please be careful. All right? (laughs) Please be careful. It is... It is nasty outside, and I have, I'll admit, I have not looked at the, at the radar, and as we speak, I'm, I'm going to pull it up. I don't know how long this is supposed to last, uh, but it's been, it's been on and off nasty here pretty much all afternoon, so if you're out and about, if you have to be, be careful, uh, buckle up and, and drive slow. We know what happens in this, in this town when it rains, it floods, right? And so uh, be careful if you don't have to go anywhere, or hey, maybe you can convince your boss to let you go home early. Uh, maybe maybe you could get away with that. I don't know. Try it out and see. And let me know how it goes. And if it works, you can thank me and send me a gift. If not, uh, tell them somebody else sent you. But but again, if you're if you're out and about, be careful. It was wow. That was a massive um, just crack of thunder and lightning. Um, trying to get the trying to get the radar pulled up right now to see what's going on because it's just I mean it's it's not just rain. And if you're here, you know it's like nasty thunder and lightning and just massive thunderstorms it looks like it's moving out i guess 
Uh, but we shall see. So we will see if it continues uh, throughout the afternoon. But hey, let's talk some Auburn football, right? We got stuff to talk about uh, besides the weather. Auburn will have its first fall scrimmage tomorrow at Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, media will get a, uh, a a window of that, a viewing of that. Um, excited to see what we see. Right, we've had viewings of practice. Um, we've seen a little bit here and there. Haven't seen anything just over the top crazy. Have to run back and report immediately. Um, we've seen different quarterback rotations. We've seen different wide receiver rotations. Uh, it seems like the the offensive line is pretty set in stone. I think we're we're pretty convinced that we're we're we know who that's going to be. Uh, the five guys up front um, on the defensive side. I think there are maybe a few question marks when it comes to your starting linebackers. I think there's a lot of guys that are getting a lot of praise, um, but who's it actually going to be locked down? I'm interested to see who makes some plays tomorrow. Uh, the format of the scrimmage, I have not seen. Um, if I missed it, I apologize. I have not seen what the format's going to be, how they're going to run this thing. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like. We know that A-Day looked a little different than it has in the past, right? Hugh Freeze uh, had a target score. I believe he gave the defense, what, 24? And then their job was to stop the offense from getting there, and the job of the offense was to get there, right, and beat them. And so uh, interested to see what he does tomorrow in the scrimmage. But I want to hear from you. What are you What are you looking for and, and excited about for tomorrow? What do you want to hear about a position group, a player, players? Um, what, what's on your mind as we go into the fall scrimmage tomorrow? Give me a call, 334-321-1390. I'll tell you what I'm looking for. We'll start with the obvious because it's the easiest place to start. Uh, we're looking at the quarterbacks. Right, We're looking at the quarterbacks because we know that there are three guys competing for the starting job. Holden Gurner, Robbie Ashford, and Peyton Thorne. Do I think all three are in the mix? Yes, I do. I think they're all in the mix. Do I think that'll be the case come Monday morning after the scrimmage tomorrow and after we hear from Hugh Freeze and they start back at practice? No, I don't think all three will be in the race anymore. But again, here's what I've been telling you, and I truly believe this. The battle is not for number one, it's for number two. Peyton Thorne's going to be your starter, but I'm excited to see him tomorrow. I'm excited to see the quarterbacks play a little bit and throw it around a little bit and maybe, maybe even be pressured a little bit. We know in scrimmages and in spring games or whatever, the quarterbacks are going to have non-contact on. No reason to get somebody hurt before the season starts. We're 22 days away. There's no need to, to have a defensive lineman just tackle your quarterback and break his arm or something, right? So you won't see him have to avoid that. But I want to see all these quarterbacks get a little pressure, right? I want to see if the offensive line, A, if they can hold up, B, it's a it's a double-edged sword, right? Because you want to see the offensive line do well and not have any pressure get to the quarterback. But at the same time, you want to see your defensive line get some pressure and get to the quarterback. So that's a double-edged sword there. And we'll see how the, the big boys up front on both sides handle it. But when it comes to the quarterbacks themselves, if and when the pressure comes from the defense, how do they respond, right? We know Peyton Thorne can play Division one, power five co college football at the quarterback spot. We know that. He's proven it. 
He's proven it in the Big Ten. He's proven it at Michigan State. And we've seen it so far in practice. Now, we have not seen a ton. Again, when it comes to the quarterbacks, we have not seen a ton. So that's what tomorrow is going to be a huge focus on, is the quarterbacks. Does Peyton Thorne look good throwing the ball like he has already? I think he will. Does he make the right reads? Does he make the correct throws? Does he make accurate throws? Right? Not saying I'm worried about that with him, but I think a a solidifying performance is what I'm looking for from Peyton Thorne. The other two guys, that's where you really need to pay attention. That's where the news is going to come from. Has Robbie Ashford truly gotten better? And for what it's worth, I think he has. I think he has. But tomorrow, and yes, it's just a scrimmage, so you got to take it with a grain of salt, but it's better than practice. It's better than just throwing around with no pressure and and one-on-one in practice. So we're getting there. We're taking the steps to seeing how much Robbie Ashford has improved because I think he has, and they've told us he has, but tomorrow will be a big test, and we'll get to see if he's more accurate with the football. Can he figure out how to throw different types of passes rather than throwing a 90-mile-an-hour fastball every time? Can he hit the dump off? Can he hit the check down? Can he hit the deep ball? Can he make the plays when he has to? Can he make the read option, right? Can he take off and run when he has to? Can he avoid the pressure? All of those are questions that we have about Robbie Ashford that we're looking for him to get better on. And I'm not saying they're all going to be answered tomorrow, but I think you could see some of them answered. And then you have Holden Gurner, right? The wild card. I think that's a good name for him. The wild card, Holden Gurner, who throws it better than anybody in the room, has the best-looking ball out of all of them. And I think the potential is really, really high. No, his running ability is not what Robbie's is. And his mindset is probably not what Peyton Thorne's is. But Holden Gurner has a chance to be the backup quarterback here. Do I think that's how this will play out? No, I don't. But I think he could. And I think he's in it, and I think he's battling, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do tomorrow. And with all that being said, with the quarterbacks, that feeds into who's playing with them, right? Who's playing with Peyton Thorne? Who's playing with Robbie Ashford? Who's playing with Holden Gurner? Is it the starting offensive line with Peyton or Robbie? Is it Jarquez Hunter, the starting running back, with Robbie or Holden Gurner? Right, we're gonna find we're gonna see a lot of that tomorrow. And a really big question who's catching the football? Because when you talk about position groups with Auburn, especially on the offensive side, that have improved the most, have gotten better since last year, since the spring, already in this short time during fall camp. The easy answer and the correct answer is the wide receiver room. They've gotten better through the transfer portal. And the guys that are there have just gotten better. They've gotten better. Marcus Davis has done his job. And I think he'll continue to do it really well. But I don't think we truly know who the starting wide receivers are. I've talked about it already this week. And when I was at practice, uh, what was that? Was that yesterday? No, yeah, I think it was yesterday. How there was a different group of receivers out there with Peyton Thorne in the starting offensive line. I didn't hate it, 
but it was kind of different. And it was weird because it's not what we had been seeing. So curious to see how they perform tomorrow. Do you see good route running? Do you see separation? Do you see drop balls? Or do you see them do all those things correctly? Do you see the timing be right with every receiver and every quarterback? And yes, I know it's different for each quarterback and receiver, but when you're in a battle like this, if you're a receiver, you've got to know the timing and the mindset of each one of your quarterbacks until the starter's named. And you still have to know the timing of the backup in case something happens to your starter. Right? Think about it that way. So I'm interested to see if the timing is there, if the communication is there. Do you have misrun routes? Do you have a quarterback throw a different route and nobody's home? Those are things that you look for in this scrimmage tomorrow. And to be upfront, some of these things are going to happen. It could happen with the running backs. Maybe they don't hit the hole properly. Maybe they fumble the football. There's a miscommunication between quarterback and running back. Right? You're looking for all of these things that can separate the starters from the knots. Right? And it can also tell you, okay, we're three weeks away from game one against UMass. Here's the things we did well. Here's the things we didn't do well. And I guarantee Hugh Freeze will say that Saturday afternoon in his press conference afterwards. And that's going to give him a good idea of what they have to do in the next three weeks. They've been practicing for a couple. You've got a fall scrimmage. Now it's time to figure out where we are. You keep working on the things you're good at, and you harp on the things you're not. So I'm looking at quarterbacks. I'm looking at receivers. I mentioned already the the offensive line. I think it'll be the same five up front that has been for the last week or so. I don't expect that to change. Um, when it comes to defensive stuff, I mentioned the linebackers already. I think that's really my only concern, and I say that with a, with a hesitancy because I'm not concerned about the linebacker room. Just don't quite know the exact starters yet. There are some really talented guys in the linebacker room for Auburn, and I'm not worried about whoever they put out there to make the plays and be a leader, and and do what they got to do. I've told you before, the linebackers are my favorite. On any defense, the linebacker position is my favorite because they are they're your Swiss Army knives. They're your leaders. They're the ones communicating. They're the ones reading everything. They're the ones that can drop back in coverage if they have to. They can play the middle of the field, or they can rush the quarterback and try to hit him or stop the running back, or get out to the edge, right? Linebackers are so versatile and so important, and it's been so long. It's been so long since Auburn has had a dominating linebacker room. All right, let me say that again. It's been a long time since Auburn has had a dominating linebacker room. They've had good guys there. They've had playmakers there. But Auburn's had some depth issues there, and Auburn's had some skill depth issue there what I mean by that is they haven't had just five six seven guys in the linebacker room that you're like man those are just thumpers on the football field but I think you could start to see that we've heard really really good things about Austin Keys I've heard great things and seen great things from Eugene Asante Larry Nixon the third the senior has gotten great praise as well so I'm not worried about the linebackers 
But I do want to see what they got tomorrow. Who makes a play? Who's communicating? Who does the defense trust more than others? That's what you look for in a scrimmage tomorrow. That's what you look for in a scrimmage in total. It'll be interesting. Haven't looked at the weather for tomorrow, but I still have the weather pulled up, so we're about to do that. I'll uh, see. 96 and mostly sunny. Hey, oh, it's going to be hot tomorrow, but doesn't look like weather's going to be an issue, so shouldn't be any problems with that um, when it comes to the scrimmage over at Jordan-Harris Stadium. So give me a call. I want to know what you're excited about. Who are you looking for? Who do you want to hear about? Is there a position group that you're still worried about as we're 22 days away from Auburn football Give me a call. We'll talk some more as we wrap up hour number one when we come back. 334-321-1390. And reminder, I've got an announcement coming up at the top of hour number two, right at 3 o'clock. Be sure you're here on the radio dial at ESPN 106.7 or online at ESPNAU.com. Be sure you're here. You don't want to miss it. Going to be a fun hour two as well. But, hey, give me a call. We'll wrap up hour number one. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Rain and storms continuing outside a monsoon, if you will. Uh, it is it's nasty here in Auburn. So, as I mentioned, never use me as your weather person. But if you're out and about, be careful. If you don't have to be out, don't do it. It is very, very uh, nasty outside. But uh, as we wrap up this first hour, we uh, had some Braves Today podcast audio that we played for you back uh, at the beginning of the show today. Talking Auburn football, uh, talking about how uh, they've got their scrimmage tomorrow, first scrimmage of the fall tomorrow, and really just talking about what, what I'm looking for. Right. What what positions are you looking for? Specific players you're interested in? Um, I think everybody's going to have their eyes on on the offense. And here's something else to to remember is if you're if you're somebody that's going to be looking for and asking about and and listening for what type of plays Auburn ran or what type of offense Auburn ran. Um, it's going to be limited, folks. Let's just let's just say it like it is. It's going to be limited um, because it's early on, right? It's still three weeks away from game one, and you're not going to play all your cards in the fall scrimmage, and you don't have to. And they're gonna the coaching staff is going to pick certain plays and certain play styles. Whoever's running the offense, whichever running backs are out there, whichever wide receivers are out there, they're going to call some plays that benefit them. And they're going to call some plays that don't benefit them and figure out and see how each player responds uh, and, and how they react in each of these situations. So keep that in mind if you're, if you're looking on, you know, what kind, of off, what kind of offense are we going to see tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, and you're just going to have to wait and see. And you're not going to get a ton of answers. And a couple of weeks ago when I was in Nashville and was talking one-on-one with head coach Hugh Freeze and I asked him about his offense, he looked me in the eye and said, I don't know either. And I'd be lying if I told you I did. So they're still working on it and figuring this thing out. They obviously hadn't started uh, fall practice at that point, but you're only a couple weeks in and you still got three weeks until the season starts. So we'll see how it goes. Again, defensively, uh, not worried about secondary. Uh, I mean, I've talked about at length the amount of guys that are back there 
that are going to be playing on Sundays. Um, it, it, that's going to be really, really good. Defensive line, I think you've got some serious size up front. I think you've got some game wreckers up front. Uh, you're finally, finally, I hope, going to see some pressure on the quarterbacks. And I mentioned earlier, you know, tomorrow – you want to see the defense get pressure, but you want to see the offensive line perform well. I'm talking in the regular season. I'm talking when Auburn's playing SEC teams. No longer are the days, in my hope and opinion, no longer are the days of quarterbacks standing in the pocket for 15, 20 seconds and then picking you apart and having all day to throw the football. So I don't think that's going to happen this year. Interested to see uh, how they've improved, gotten bigger, gotten better up front. You've got your your leaders, Jason Jones, uh, who's a junior, right? You, you've got Zykevius Walker, another junior. So keep those guys in mind. Keep those guys on your radar. But I just don't have a whole lot of concerns on the defense. Like I mentioned, the, the linebackers are really the only one that I would have a so-called concern, and that's just to find out who's going to be starting. I'm not worried about who it's going to be. I'm not worried about who's backing them up. I just think it's you just got to figure out who it's going to be. So everybody's eyes and attention will be on the offense tomorrow during the fall practice and fall scrimmage it'll be on the eyes of the offense in game one against UMass as well and uh, interested to to hear what Hugh Freeze says tomorrow in his press conference as well um, how does he how does he address his team how does he break it down if they have a good performance, is he going to be super high or is he going to be more in the middle? If they have a really bad performance, is he going to be really low or be more in the middle? I think we'll find out on that as well. But should be should be a lot of fun, should be exciting. We're three weeks away, folks. Three weeks away from Auburn kicking off against UMass. We're even sooner than that for college football in general getting started. You've got some week zero matchups, including uh, the Super Bowl of all Super Bowls, Hawaii and Vanderbilt. Uh, and before that, you have high school football getting started. Auburn High kicks off on August 25th. That'll be over on Wings 94.3, our classic rock station. And my team, Lee Scott, we start next Thursday. Football's back, man. Football is back. Football season's here. And until, what, February? We've got football every month. So get excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up in hour number two, I told you I got an announcement coming. Don't turn that radio dial. We'll talk about it in hour number two, plus talking more Auburn football, getting you ready for the scrimmage tomorrow as we are three weeks away from the Auburn football season. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line coming up. ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz with you on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and listen to the podcast sometime today, tomorrow, this weekend, if you'd like. Uh, we had some Braves Today audio from uh, Ben Taylor and good friend of the show, Daryl Dapperts. They talked about the Atlanta Braves and the Pittsburgh Pirates as the Braves get ready to take on the New York Mets this weekend up in New York. Plus, I gave you uh, some of my insights on uh, what I'm looking for tomorrow for Auburn football's uh, fall scrimmage. And so if you missed that, go and catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk a lot more Auburn football here in hour number two. Uh, but as I mentioned, I had an announcement to make today uh, with a little bit of a change for our Friday shows in the afternoon. And, uh, of course, you know that my, my former co-host, Carter Bird, he, he left. He's off doing law school things. He's out there. He made it. Uh, he's doing really well. And so uh, we wish him the best of luck. But excited to announce that on Friday afternoons in hour number two, you know my show on the line is from two to four. From three to four, so the second hour every Friday afternoon uh, from here all the way through football season uh, and beyond, we are pleased to be joined, and this is now going to be called On the Line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett from Radio Free Auburn, brought to you by Sensi Green and Uncle T-Bone joining us in the studio. Man, it's been so great to meet you. It's been so great to get to know you, and it's great to get you in the studio. Welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you. Well, I'm happy to step in and help out, Jacob. It's a great show. You have just an incredible radio voice, and this is <laughs> a you. wonderful opportunity for me uh, to uh, step in uh, and uh, be a pinch hitter, so to speak, for uh, for On the Line, and I'm honored to be here uh, the three to four hour, especially on Fridays before uh, before the weekend, before the, the big kickoff. I mean, we're going to be breaking down the, uh, the, the what's going to be happening with Auburn football, uh, probably what's going to be happening around the SEC, and really what's happening in, in all of football both high school college and pro if we have enough time yeah absolutely and you know as, as well as I do that football season is here and it's about to be in full force and so uh you we had met up and, and came to me and you were interested in joining the show in, in some way shape or form and we worked it out to where you're able to join me on Friday afternoons for the second hour uh brought to you by Sensi Green and you are here representing your new site Radio Free Auburn so I want you to be able to uh to plug that tell people what it is tell people why you're here how you're here all that type of stuff man the floor is yours I want you to tell everybody what's going on well it's been a long road to get here I can tell you that um, I'm a, what I like to uh, refer to myself as a uh, rehabilitated sports talk radio junkie. I've been listening to sports talk radio since Bill Cameron was on in Tallahassee. There you go. And I mean, that was like 60 years ago, I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long ago it was, but uh, I didn't I'm, say that, Bill. I promise. <laughs> I mean, you just have to get the radio antenna just right in the in my bedroom back on Green Street to pick it up. Um, and, and the first time I ever heard sports talk radio was then, and, and I was blown away. 
and uh, and I've just been a big fan of it ever since. Since uh, uh, what really put me over the top was when with Bill and Andy were on uh, on a show together here locally years ago in the '90s. We used to have a lot of fun with it, and uh, we've been going on ever since. Um, to say that I'm a lifelong Auburn fan is an understatement. I've probably taken my fandom at times entirely too far. So I'm a, re- a rehabilitated fan also. There that's you what, go. That's what my site is really all about, <laughs> RadioFreeAuburn.com as a hobby. Uh, I talk about this stuff all during football season anyway. I think my wife is tired of hearing me talk about it, and she's like, just talk about it on your and make a website or something and leave me alone. So that's what I've done, and uh, I love to write. So I have a weekly article. It's it you know look it's not Washington Post stuff you know it's not Pulitzer yeah. Prize but it but it's from a fan for the fan. That's what we like to talk about. And I hooked up with some good folks over in uh, Opelika who have a business, a friend of mine. It's Sensor Green Heating and Air, and they're like, you know what, Uncle T, we want to we want to give you a fair shot. And so they've stepped in and helped me get on this on your show, and they're and they're helping me and they're supporting me on the website so I can write and express myself. and And I couldn't be more happy to be here. I mean, Sensor Green Heating and Air, uh, from air conditioner repair to heating installation and even spray, uh, spray foam insulation, they've got you covered. Opelika Auburn and even into Huntsville now. So wow. Okay. And I don't know if you know this. I like to educate people, but have you ever been in an attic? that has spray foam insulation i have yeah it's a tremendous difference it's so much different but it's better oh it's way better i mean it's totally encapsulated and it's it's tolerable in the heat and tolerable in the in the cold the video of how they do that is so cool to me have you ever like seen how you know they've come out and they just literally spray it in it's unbelievable well i wanted to learn a little bit more about these people so i kind of went out on my time on a couple of jobs and i i had never been in an attic with spray foam insulation blown away but you know they're they're good people i highly recommend them and they're making this all possible so thank you so much again we're going to have a lot of fun this fall i'm going to bring a lot of energy i'm not a professional i'm not a journalist never will uh, claim to be i'm just a fan like you and i'm out on the streets and i'm trying to bring the fan viewpoint to the show well man it's 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 going to be so much fun and i'm really really excited and again this is now on the line fridays with uncle t-bone from radio free auburn brought to you by sense of green so big shout out to sense of green for making this possible uh tell everybody quickly and of course you're going to plug it all fall long how can they find you and Radio Free Auburn and kind of when you're going to be posting stuff and when you're going to be live, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Just go to uh, www.radiofreeauburn.com at the bottom of the webpage. There's a calendar. I'm going to update it. I was going to update it on Sundays, but I'm going to update it uh, at the, the beginning of the month for the entire month because we have some other big news that's going to be breaking here shortly. And uh, I'm going to be on a few shows. I'm going to have a, a Wednesday weekly article and a Friday live video for one hour and a Sunday afternoon live video for one hour, plus being on the show with you. And uh, look, it's going to be a lot, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So go to www.radiofreeauburn.com. There you go. Well, go check that out. And while we're making announcements, want to go ahead and talk about this as well. Um, if you if you haven't been around or if you haven't heard, we've been pumping it super, super hard uh, over the last few weeks. We have uh, acquired the, the rights once again to the Auburn Sports Network to become the local affiliate in the Auburn Opelika area for the Auburn Sports Network. And so all Auburn University football, men and women's basketball, and baseball games, including the Tiger Talk show as well, will all be on our radio stations here with Auburn Network. Football, men's basketball, and Tiger Talk 
talk will be on Wings 94.3, and then uh, women's basketball and baseball will be on AU100, which is 100.3. And with that, uh, if you've been here with ESPN for a while, you know we've had our after-the-game show for football and for basketball, uh, but given the the other – and basically given everything that's involved with the Auburn Sports Network production, we have moved our after-the-game show to what is now called Game Day on Wings 94.3. It's going to be a pregame show over on Wings 94.3 that will be with Uncle T-Bone and our good buddy Jack Hutton, who has been doing after-the-game for a couple of years now. Uh, you know how excited he gets for Auburn Athletics, how good he is on the air and how much fun he is to talk to and listen to and so it's going to be these two gentlemen on Saturday mornings they will go live four hours before every Auburn University football game kicks off they'll be live for one hour it will lead right into the pregame show with Andy uh, and all of those guys at the Auburn Sports Network. So we're excited to announce that game day on Wings 94.3 with Uncle T-Bone and Jack Hutton. That'll be on Wings 94.3 every Saturday morning this fall. I mean, are you kidding me? Game day on Wings with Black Jack Hutton and (laughs) Uncle T? I met Jack yesterday, and he is a tall drink of water and a lot of fun. So that's going to be a wild and fun show. I cannot wait for that. Uh, It it is – that is a – and it's an honor to be in this studio, but that that is a true honor to lead up for such an Auburn lifelong Auburn fan like me into the to the coverage, the game day coverage of the AU Network because I mean that is such a professional show and and those they do such a great job. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to be on there this fall and uh, and have a lot of fun. Like we said, that kind of seems to be the theme, right? Because it's football, right? And it should be fun. That's right. Well, here's what the lineup is, Uncle T-Bone. Here's what the lineup okay. is on Wings 94-3 Thursday through Saturday. You ready for this? All right. Tiger right on Talk me. on Thursday nights. Okay, Tiger Talk, the coaches show with Hugh Freeze, Andy Birch, and Brad Law, Jacob Hillman, all those guys. Thursday night on Wings is Tiger Talk. Friday night in the fall is Auburn High School football, one of the biggest programs in the state of Alabama. Then Saturday, it's game day on Wings, the Auburn Sports Network pregame show, and the Auburn football game. I mean, you can't beat that. There's no better coverage in the state of Alabama than on Wings 94.3 this fall. Well, and on the line, so don't forget that. That's right, that's right. You fit right in there, too, and I'll be listening to all of them all fall, and I highly recommend that all of you do as well if you want to know what's going on with not just Auburn football and Auburn athletics, but really what's happening in college football. It's just uh, it's awesome, and it's all I cannot wait to see Hugh Freeze. I'll probably have to go wherever that is live to see him. It'll be, you better get there early, because it'll be a packed house. Yeah, you better believe it, and they've been doing it uh, they've been doing it at Baumhauer's. I don't know if they're still doing that. I haven't I haven't been informed on that, but they'll make an announcement about it, I'm sure. But yes, excited to uh, excited to announce all of these changes, all of these things, and so uh, it's a new era of of a lot of stuff here. And so again. On the line Fridays with Uncle T-Bone from Radio Free Auburn, all brought to you by Sense of Green. That'll be every Friday here on the show from 3 to 4 and hour 2 of the Friday shows here of On the Line. And then game day on Wings, 94-3. That'll be with Uncle T-Bone and Jack Hutton on Saturday. So again, they'll go live four hours before every Auburn University football game, and it'll lead right into the pregame show for the Auburn Sports Network. So lots going on around here, but... Let's talk a little bit. I want to. I want the listeners a little bit more to get to know you and your. Uh, I guess your your Auburn fandom and talk about what you have been impressed so far 
with head coach Hugh Freeze. I've had my fair share to talk about it, and it just I get impressed every single day, every time I hear him speak, every time I talk to him. But the listeners are going to want to know where you stand on all of this so far in the very short tenure of Hugh Freeze as Auburn's head football coach. Well, like I'll, what I like to say when I'm vlogging or, or talking about Coach Freeze or just basically uh, talking to people, maybe even having a cold snack on a Friday afternoon at the local watering hole, I got four words for you, folks, and I want you to remember this, and don't steal them from me because I may even ask the man if I can start selling T-shirts that say this. In Hugh, we trust. There you go. I mean, look. I don't know, unless you are just an unsalvageable fan, unless you are just a hated rival, a.k.a. a hater, drinking the haterade, if you can't see what he and this staff have done in the last nine months. Now, look, let's be real honest here. A true Auburn man in Cornell Cadillac Williams probably saved the Auburn program Last, late last fall mm-hmm. because it, and, and there will never be a day I promise you that Hugh Freeze wouldn't acknowledge the efforts of Cornell and staff to salvage and bring the fan base back in because people were scattering like a covey of quail it was bad it was as bad as I've ever seen and I've seen bad at Auburn I've seen good and I've seen bad mm-hmm. and that's as bad as I've ever seen the, the people that were even saying I'm never coming back minute this time and then in steps Cornell Williams. He lays this foundation to bring us fans back in. And Hugh, Coach Freeze, steps in and embraces that mentality. And he's not just out there recruiting five-star, can't-miss athletes right now. He's recruiting the totality of the fan base and getting everybody going in the same direction. So I told my wife this. It's the same thing I said about Bruce Pearl 10 years ago when he came to Auburn. If this man can't fix it, I don't know if anybody can. And we're well on our way to fixing it. In Hugh, we trust, Auburn fan. <laughs> Remember that, and let's go. I am I so it. impressed with him. I love He's it. a great guy. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times. Uh, I'm going to tell you that I have pl- chased the little white ball with him once or twice, and he is so competitive. He's not afraid. He embraces the competition. No matter if you're playing uh, nine holes of golf or you can just see it in him or if he's going up against Nick Saban for a recruit. I noticed you left out the score of when you uh, were on the golf course with him. I assume he, he took you for a few a I few owe holes, him huh? one. That's right. <laughs> I owe him one. And, and if anybody knows me, they know I can play a little bit. He can play, and let me tell you something, he can putt. And anybody that can putt is a competitor in any sport, I can tell you that. But I, I'm, I, he's a perfect fit for us. Um, if, you, if there's anyone out there that's listening to me as a fan, if you've got any trepidations left about getting on the bus, and I know that kind of that kind of makes people a little shaky, Jacob. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know, you know, not but, the not the bus reference. Yeah, let or or whatever you want to call it, get on board with the Hugh Express. There you go, because there's plenty of room left. And I tell you, and I'm saying this right now, if everyone will behave. Keep it between the buoys from admin to booster to fans like me to players to coaches. In the next 10 years, hopefully we're sitting here, Jacob, and I've got even more gray hair than I do now, and I'm really Uncle T-Bone then. We're going to say that was some of the best 10 years of college football for Auburn that we've ever experienced, and I mean that. Well, I think you can see the foundation being laid down, and there's a lot to be done still. There's a lot of work to do, but – 
and I've talked about this at length, there's just no way, in my opinion, that anybody could be unimpressed with what Hugh Freeze has done, whether you're an Auburn fan, an SEC fan, just a college football fan, or whatever. I mean, if anybody has seen anything that Hugh Freeze has done from where this program was to where it already is right now, selling out more season tickets than ever before, getting five-star recruits like you've never done before, stealing recruits from your rivals like you've never done before, I mean... You just can't you can't tell me you're not impressed with what's happened so far. And so I want to talk some more about this when we come back. Then we'll get into the expectations for the fall scrimmage tomorrow for Albert football as well. We'll talk about all that. Phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Call in. Talk with me and Uncle T-Bone. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390, the Friday edition of On the Line. Rolls on when we come back. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067 for the Friday edition of On the Line. And hour number two of the Friday edition of On the Line is brought to you by Cincy Green as Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn joins us. Uh, we made the announcement here in this hour, excited for uh, this new partnership to begin. And somebody that he will be joining on Saturdays on Wings 94.3 is Jack Hutton, who's called in, is on the phone lines, wants to talk a little ball. Jack, happy Friday, brother. How are you, man? What's going on, guys? How are y'all? Doing fantastic, man. I heard uh, you want to call in and talk to your, your new co-host of uh, Game Day on Wings 94.3. Yeah, man, my ears started ringing at my desk, uh, and so I had to step outside and uh, see what all the hubbub was about. But, man, I'm excited. Uh, We're looking forward to another really fun year. Um, Had Carter with me the last year, and and we had a great time. Um, Carter Carter had to go do some schoolwork, and so, uh, unfortunately, he's having to leave. But, man, I'm excited to get in with Uncle P there. And, uh, boy, we're ready to talk some ball. This is going to be a super fun year. Yeah, I'm a uh, partner. I'm I can't wait. We're gonna have a good time, uh, and and it's gonna bounce around, which is pretty unique for a radio show, right? I mean, the first one's gonna be at I guess ten thirty in the morning when we take on the Minutemen from UMass, four hours before kickoff. We'll probably be here till midnight for uh, pack pack whatever conference after dark <laughs> uh, for the cow game. Uh, there's gonna be early mornings. There's gonna be late nights. But I'm gonna tell you, man, I'm be, I'm gonna be ready to roll for you every Saturday on uh, game day uh, game day on wings and we're lining up some uh, really good partners for that as well Jacob uh, Jordan and uh, team have been out beating the bushes to make that show possible and I really appreciate that and uh, I'm gonna tell you Jack you better get ready for Uncle T now I'm a savvy old veteran I've been around I'm gonna have some war stories I'm gonna have some uh, you know some uh, there, there may be tears there may be laughter but it's always gonna be a lot of fun brother I'm gonna have to get the story of uh, of a, a very young Uncle T-bone when he was at the uh, the punt Bama punt game just sitting close uh, front and center for that one I'm gonna have to, to get that one or maybe a, yeah a that nice one might be a little bit before story. my time. 
<laughs> I tell you, uh, I, I have heard stories of that game, though, before from a friend of mine from college, his dad being in the upper deck at Legion Field when that happened. He had just graduated college, and he says that to this day it's one of the scariest and exciting moments of his life that Legion Field was uh, literally swaying after the second kick. So, that doesn't surprise me But at I all. can tell you what it was like to be at the uh, 2013 kick six, if you like, but you can probably tell me your thoughts on that as well. Well, I think I had fainted by the time he got to the end zone, so I don't know if I can tell you a whole lot after that, um, after he caught the ball. But, man, it just to, to kind of wrap it to kind of wrap it all up, um, I'm excited about this. This is a new format. You know, usually we've been doing this after the game where uh, we'll get a, an immediate reaction. And, you know, this time maybe we get to be a little bit more hopeful before games. Um, if we can, we can have a little bit better tone to the show because, I'll tell you what, those seven losses last year wasn't a very fun time to be uh, talking about Auburn football, but it's going to be so much fun this year. I think there's so much energy around the program. We've always got great callers um, that'll call in, give us some of their opinions and some of their feel on what's, what's happened in the game and what they want to see happen to, um, moving forward in the day. So uh, we'll talk Auburn. We'll talk college football. Heck, we may even get into college basketball if we feel like it um, on down the road, but um, come join us. Yeah, four hours before kickoff, we'll get things going on game day, and uh, would love to hear from you on the air. Uh, get get us call it in, and uh, boy, Jack and Uncle T gonna be taking it home, man. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Well, I'm excited too. I'm really excited that we didn't start this last year. Now that I come to think of it, I mean, it, the pregame last year we might have had like two listeners. I mean, I turned the radio off several times. I always turn it back on. That's right. That's yeah, right. I always turn it back on. But I, you know, it it is. Uh, there's a. It's a whole different world right now with Coach Freeze and staff and, and compared to what it was. And I don't want to dwell on what happened last year. I think we just need to let let uh, sleeping dogs lie there. But, whoo, boy, pregame last year, that, that, was, uh, that wasn't like going to a game. That was like going to, uh, to like, work in a factory or something. Well, you got to think, these boys, these boys had to do an after-the-game show after Penn State. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> After yeah. Penn State blasted us, and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, even after the Missouri game, I can imagine it was a little wild, um, and and and, dis, and everyone was in disbelief because I know I was, you know. Well, the Missouri game was a lot different from any other win that I've I've ever been a part of as an Auburn fan. That's what, that's Not necessarily right. because of the the result, but because of how you win it. It's a it's a game against a, a Missouri team that's just not very good, and it's utterly obvious that you should have lost that game twice and Missouri kind of gives it to you on a platter and, and you say at the end well I guess we'll take it okay but it's every bit of a game that feels like a loss and you know you you have you get to put a tally mark in the win column but um boy that was that was a rough one um, I like to tell to yeah season, I like so. to tell people Jack that just Missouri reached down and snatched uh, uh snatched a loss from the jaws of victory the jaws right. of victory. Yeah, I mean they. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was uh, it was an interesting season. But this season's going to be a lot of fun, and you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. I call it the first year coaching blues. We'll get a couple of teams that we probably shouldn't have gotten, and we'll probably get got by a couple of teams that you know we shouldn't be get by or gotten by. And uh, you know, look, any any Auburn fan, just give give them some time, take a deep breath. 
you know, when we beat a team that we shouldn't beat, don't start running around town telling people we're going back to the SEC championship. <laughs> and if we lose a game, perhaps, that we shouldn't lose, kind of like in, in 08 and Gene Chizik's first year when Kentucky came to town, and that's a game Auburn should have won but did not, and people started, you know, looking for the nearest bridge to jump off of. You know, the calm down, just have some fun, and in Hugh we trust. Now I want to know – Uncle P's breakout player of the year. Who do you think for Auburn this year makes the name for himself? You know, let's get to that when we come back from yep. the break because yep. there, I have a couple of them. I actually wrote one down, but uh, there is one receiver that I think is going to uh, is actually going to show out this year. Jack, we appreciate the call, brother. Always good to hear from you, man. All right, guys, appreciate it. That's Jack Hutton on the phone lines, co-host of Game Day on Wings with Uncle T-Bone, who joins us in studio every Friday now here on On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We'll answer that question that Jack Hutton posed when we come back, plus talk about what we're looking forward to in the scrimmage tomorrow in Jordan-Hare Stadium. All that coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, joined now by Uncle T-Bone from Radio Free Auburn, all brought to you by Green. That's every Friday from 3 to 4 now here on ESPN 106.7. And let's get to the phone lines as Spectre has called in to talk a little bit. Spectre, how are you, man? I'm great. Uh, last 30 minutes was really refreshing. I feel like I've been through a a moment of preseason pep talk, and Mr. T or T-Bone or whatever, however you want to be addressed, I'm with you. And I'm on that Coach Freeze Polar Express all the way. Oh, there's no question about it. Spectre, I appreciate uh, the shout-out. You can call me T-Bone, Uncle T, whatever you like. We look forward to hearing from you all fall. Uh, You know, I just thought it was time to kick it all off, really, you know, as a fan. I mean – the season will be here before we know it. It'll be Thanksgiving before we know it. It'll be the Iron Bowl before we know it. Hopefully it'll be the SEC Championship before we know it for Auburn. You don't ever know. We, we saw that happen in 2013. I'm not, I'm not expecting that, but I don't want to say the phrase because it was used before, but it's something about possibly a new day. I mean, I'm not going to say it too loud, Jacob. You know, I already threw the bus out there. Yeah, yeah. Old habits are hard to break for Uncle T. But, dude, this guy can coach, man, and he can run a program, and he's got super assistants under him. And these folks are out there working their tail off, and that's what it takes to be Auburn. The old staff, I don't quite un- – I don't think they ever quite understood that in this league, you're not the top dog like they were in the league, and you can't just roll out there – and, and you've got to have something different if you're Auburn, and it starts with hard work on the recruiting trail, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, I want to uh, I want to say that about that. I was there with the Gus bus. I remember that. But, uh, you know, the, the Coach Freeze Polar Express, 
sounds great to me. That yeah, works for that's me. Fine with, that's fine for me because you got the Gus bus and then you had the uh, the hypothetical lane train that almost happened here, and now you've got, yeah, the Hugh Freeze Polar Express. I like that, Spectre. All right, but y'all have a nice evening. I'll be, I'll be tuning in. Appreciate it, Spectre. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. And that's sort of been the conversation with you today, uh, Uncle T. It's just kind of getting your perspective and your thoughts on this Auburn program to this point. And it leads us into what's happened so far during fall practice, fall camp, and what will happen tomorrow with the uh, first scrimmage of the fall period. And uh, I know we got a couple breakout players you wanted to talk about. uh, But before then, before we talk talk about that what have you seen so far what's your breakdown of what you've seen what you've heard uh from fall fall practice and then expectations for tomorrow well you know listening to shows like these just about my entire life or my entire adult life uh it always seems like the defense they say is a little bit ahead of the offense in preseason right this they've only been at practice now for a week you know, there, it, it just seems like in today's football, too, it's a little bit easier for a defense to be ahead right now because the offenses are so much more complex. Mm-hmm. And so, look, you know, I, I'm not at practice. I'm, I'm never probably going to be at a practice unless somebody invites me, and I'm not going to know what's going on or really what to look for. I read the same stuff that the average fan reads over at the bunker or AUTigers.com or whatever site you want to go to, right, wherever you get your info. So, you know, I don't have any inside information, but from what I can tell, the defense is uh, is, is looking pretty good, and Keldrick Falk's going to be a massive force this year, the freshman out of Highland Home. And I also think I'm reading between the tea leaves that there's not really a QB race, and the QB is going to be Peyton Thorne. That's my prediction. I don't know, but that's just what I'm seeing. Yeah, and that that's what I've talked about a lot is, is in my opinion – the quarterback battle is not for the starter. I've been saying this. It's for the number two because I think Robbie Ashford, we know we know his potential. We also know his struggles and the things he had to improve on, and I think he has gotten better. But I was talking in the first hour before you joined me on how tomorrow I'm really interested to see how much better he has gotten because I've been at the practices and we only get to see so much and they don't do a whole lot when we're there. They schedule their practice around the media window, which is fine, but I'm interested to see him in a somewhat game situation. It's still a scrimmage, right? It's no contact, all that type of stuff, but I'm interested to see what Robbie has done. How much better has he gotten? And is he competing, right? Is he making the right throws, making the right reads? Is he has he just gotten better, right? And I think that's what I'm going to be looking for. You have Holden Gurner, who I think has the best-looking ball. I think he throws it better than any of them in the room, but he's still young, and he's got time. And then with Peyton Thorne, does he have the offense down? Is he? Is he? You've heard great things about him trying to learn the playbook. He can't stay out of Coach Freeze's office. I mean, in a good way. He's just always wanting to learn. So I'm interested to see what his uh, what his improvement and what his leadership looks like tomorrow in the scrimmage. I wanted to uh, know a little bit more about this Peyton Thorne kid because you know, being from the old school, when I see Big Ten quarterback come in. 
I think it's, uh, I don't know, somebody like a Jeff George who's going to stay in the pocket and have some type of big arm and uh, not really have a lot of mobility. And uh, that was the incorrect assumption after going to YouTube and watching some of his film and watching him play and his highlights over the last couple of years. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, who does this kid remind me of who's been a quarterback at Auburn before? And the name Bo Nix comes to mind. He actually has some serious mobility probably not quite the mobility that Bo Nix has or had at Mm -hmm. Auburn, but I think he has a better arm and is a more accurate throwing the ball than Bo Nix was at Auburn. So you're going to be surprised at his mobility, right? Uh, As for Robbie Ashford, if he will stick with this staff and not get impatient and, and, and learn from these guys, learn from Philip Montgomery, Learn from Coach Austin. Learn from Hugh Freeze. They made Malik Willis a first-round draft pick, guys. Yeah. I mean, I have He was faith. not that when he left here, I can tell you that. No, he didn't even get a shot, and that's why he left here, which is a shame. But, you know, well, uh, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. That's, that's an assumption. But, I'll, you know, the Peyton Thorne kid – when they get in the red zone, it's not just him standing back there and throwing to the quarters of the end zone. He can move around. Mm-hmm. And so I was really shocked by that. So, you know, that – and I want to see – and I was listening to you on the way in trying to dodge the monsoon and lightning bolts that are out there around the plains right now, so be careful, everybody. But linebacker has got to improve. It's been years – I'm talking about years since we could really rely on linebacker play. I mean, probably going back to 2017, mm-hmm. which Kevin still gets a lot of credit for, but Will Muschamp and uh, Tavares Robinson really recruited. Yeah, and, and people forget about that. They do. They forget about that. And that's what I was talking about, and I've been talking about it, is it's been so long since Auburn has had those dudes at the linebacker spot. Multiple ones. You've seen them here and there, right? But – Auburn has not had a linebacker room for so long, and they've been struggling with depth. I mean, even the last couple of years, they've had good starters, but nobody behind them until we get into the season and we're crossing our fingers and holding our breath to make sure nobody gets hurt because there was nobody behind them. Yeah, I mean, you can go back, I guess, was it to 2010, and Auburn truly had two starting linebackers, won the national title, Thank goodness they didn't get hurt. Exactly. Because they've been thin for years because the moment Nick Saban's foot hit the tarmac up there at Tuscaloosa Regional Airport in late 2006, the moment his foot hit the tarmac, he started dominating Auburn, especially in-state with linebacker recruiting. Yep, and and you could see it. Of all the guys that have been there, all the guys that are playing on Sundays, all the guys that have played on Sundays, I mean, the good linebackers in this state, they've gone to Alabama, and it's time to, for that to change. Well, I think it, it's obviously changing if, if the commitments now will hold true and sign, and I don't have any reason to believe they won't. But look, it was so bad with them like recruiting linebackers and out recruiting Auburn they came down to Auburn back-to-back years and one of the kids had a Auburn tattoo and the other one's dad was a legacy at Auburn and they took them both yeah that's bad that's bad it's been bad it's been a struggle that's one of the things that is immediately is changing and look Auburn's got three linebacker commits right now all three in state People forget about the the uh, D'Angelo Barber kid, mm-hmm. okay? The 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 kid from Tuskegee, 
and obviously Riddick, who's who's the 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 big stud. Right. But they're all players, and they're looking to get another one from the kid in Hoover. And when is the last time Auburn got four in-state linebacker recruits? I mean, it it who knows? May never happen. I don't it know. It was so bad that fans like me even noticed how thin they've been at linebackers. So of course our coaching staff has. They're all over it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and let me real quick. Yeah. Sorry, it's been like that at receiver too. Yeah, it has. And I think I think it's it's a fair statement to say that that has been the playing field has been leveled a little bit there I think you can say when you look at this linebacker room based off of what I've seen based off of what the coaches are telling us based off of what other players are saying when they have interviews the linebacker room has much improved and it's deeper than it's been in a long time same way with the receivers and that's really what I'm going to be watching tomorrow T-Bone is the receivers who's catching the football who's making plays who's running the right routes who's creating separation who's actually physically catching the ball and not dropping it right and in the formations that Auburn runs we'll see what they do tomorrow and how much they let us see uh but who is out there with the ones who's out there with the twos in a time that it actually matters I think the receivers are a lot of people are going to be watching tomorrow well I'll tell you I mean there's four new names that I count from the transfer portal at wide receiver the one player that I'm really 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 excited well I'm excited to see them all okay but the one player that I'm more excited to see than anybody else is the kid from Cincinnati. I mean, you're talking about a 6'6 receiver in Nick Mardner. Huge. That's a beast. All of these receivers, one thing that I like to see at receiver too, there's a receiver room again, right? It's not just one or two guys and then maybe a transfer portal guy. There's 10 to 12 receivers now all of a sudden on this roster. And my breakout offensive player of the year is Cam Brown. I mean, no doubt about it. He's the next A.J. Brown if he sticks with it with, and, and, and follows Coach Freeze's lead. That guy is a physical receiver who can catch the ball. Not the fastest guy in the world, but doesn't have to be because he's so strong. But there's bodies there, right? There's competition. You've got options, and they're going to be competing all year. Mm-hmm. Not just in preseason all year because there's so many receivers now. There's only so many spots and so many plays. And I heard somebody talking the other day, and I can't remember who it was, so I can't give them the credit, and I apologize. But it's it's time for Auburn to have multiple threats at receiver, right? Not just Seth Williams, right? Not just one guy. Have guys on both sides of the field to where the defense can't stack up and say, well, if we stop this guy, nobody else is, is able to catch the football, right? It's time for Auburn to have playmakers at wide receiver, and you talk about that competition, it's going to happen all year long. And eventually, you want somebody to separate themselves and be that it guy, the go-to, but I'm okay if Auburn has three or four of those guys. And it's crazy to think about that because we just haven't seen it in so long. Well, unfortunately, we saw that a few years ago over at Alabama when they had the, 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 what I call the four bandits and uh and and Waddle was the th- when he left college I I got down on my knees and said thank you dear lord get him out of here <laughs> I mean you're talking about we've seen that and and there's enough of enough to go around in today's offense yeah. right because you can take the ball just about anywhere you want to but when you get multiple playmakers on the outside 
and or you get a big physical guy like Nick Marner down in the red zone, defenses are going to have to respect that. Who's going to step up on the other side or even on the interior? That's what we're looking at now, and that is a good sign. Don't overlook the tight end room for this Auburn oh. team either. I think there, there's some there's some skilled players there, and it's time for Auburn to use the tight ends as well. We'll take our final break, come back, get to the phone lines possibly, and then uh, wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. Again, we're now joined by Uncle T-Bone of Radio Free Auburn, all brought to you by Sense Green here on a Friday afternoon. Stay tuned. We'll wrap it up when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line as we get into the weekend. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067, joined by Uncle T Bone on a Friday afternoon, all brought to you by Sense Green. And uh, before I, I let you plug everything else again and, and shout out Sense Green because a huge, uh, they deserve it. I um, want to give the listeners some news that we got during the break uh, from Auburn football uh, due to. All of the weather and all the rain we've had in the last few hours. Uh, this is from Auburn Football. Just got the email. The media got it a few few minutes ago. Uh, the practice, the scrimmage tomorrow is being moved inside to uh, the new football facility. Uh, and because several uh, hundred lettermen are expected to be there, a lot of outsiders and, and people coming in to be a part of a day like this tomorrow, uh, the media viewing window has been canceled. So... Uh, what that means is Hugh Freeze will still be meeting with us, the media, right afterwards. So we get to talk to him about that, what he saw, um, what what he liked, what he didn't like. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, just and look, weather happens. You know, it's been just pouring down rain all day today. Um, the field must not be ready to go. And so uh, the viewing window for the media uh, has been canceled. So we will not be able to give you what we saw, but we'll be able to tell you what Hugh Freeze had to say. So it is, you know, it is what it is. It happens. But um, we've been talking a lot today uh, to you about what we're looking for tomorrow, what we're expecting tomorrow, position groups that we're excited about, questioning, nervous about, whatever. Um, and, and I think tomorrow will tell us quite a bit with, with what Hugh Freeze tells us after practice. Well, I think that Auburn's a, you know, a lot closer than, say, Alabama to officially naming a starting quarterback. Um, and I think that this staff is going to, you know, wants to go ahead and, and get that taken care of I don't think there's any kind of mystery they're not going to hold back to the last game and then try and surprise anybody or right. play games with the press uh, I hate that you uh you can't get out there and see everything um you know that's uh that's something that obviously you've been looking forward to but I actually as a fan I kind of like that the mystery will continue right because in the past I think that there's been a little bit too much information out there it seems like uh, preseason and uh, you know I try and keep up as much as possible I do some do some video vlogs I don't want to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about even though I'm just a fan and uh, to me it's just been awfully quiet over there and I think that they're just chopping wood right now and I want to keep that going into the season because you you know it's you don't really want a, new, a lot of news coming out right now mm -hmm. and, and when you're in preseason practice this is about work and this is about the team getting together and 
and it's probably happening that way because there's so many new faces. Yeah. And uh, look, a lot of these people are getting here later and weren't here in the spring. And so there's no film on them in, in Auburn pads. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of experience on the team now uh, from other schools. So, you know, the coaches are probably having to work extra hard to figure out and coach some of these people that weren't even here during the spring. Well, they're making uh, they're making some progress, I think, from what we've seen and, again, what we've heard. I think they're making some progress. And so uh, scrimmage tomorrow, first fall scrimmage for Auburn uh, here in 2023. Viewing window for the media, not available, but Hugh Freeze will have a press conference, so we will be talking about that on Monday and what we're told is happening. And so uh, excited to talk about that on Monday. But we got about a minute before we get out of here. Uncle T-Bone, this has been a blast, man. What a what a great way to start this this friendship and this uh, partnership here with Auburn Network, ESPN 106.7, Wings 94.3, and whatever else you find yourself involved in. And so again, Fridays now, the Friday edition of On the Line with Uncle T-Bone from Radio Free Auburn is brought to you by Sensagreen. Plug your stuff, plug Sensagreen quickly uh, before we get out of here, man. This has been a lot of fun. Well, thank you for having me. It's going to be a wild and fun fall. This is almost like a dream come true for yours truly. Uncle T-Bone. I've been talking about wanting to get on the radio forever and thank you Jacob. uh, You're you're a great partner to have here. Check me out at www.radiofreeauburn.com from a fan for the fan brought to you by Sense of Green Heating and Air over in Opelika. Give them a call 334-366-9237 or check them out at senseofgreen.com. Well until next Friday with you we'll be two weeks away from college football season at that point but For the rest of our listeners, come back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. We'll talk Auburn football and the uh, scrimmage that's happening tomorrow. Will we have a quarterback? I don't know. We'll have to find out and see. Come back on Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay dry in this nasty weather in Auburn, Opelika. I'm Jacob Goins. Until Monday, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.